jumper on the way. Good! Tyus Battle nails the three! Dungy leaps and into the end zone for Dungy. A touchdown! If that's not on every highlight show tonight, then I, I don't know who's watching. Powered for Dungy! Soaring through the air! High-flying Slovakian! Screen pass here, he'll get one. And he stays alive and he's got room to the 10. One man to beat, he'll do it. Touchdown, Syracuse! And for Syracuse, party time. The upset, pulled by the Orange. They defeat Clemson 27 to 24. The penetration, step back. Oh, a pressure bucket for Tyus Battle. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Powered by Drivers Village and Hummel's Office Plus. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We've got a jam-packed first hour for you. We've got Joe Gorcho from WIS in Columbia, South Carolina. He's a Cuse grad, set to join us at about 12.15, and then Todd Blackledge. Uh, he'll be calling the game with Sean McDonough this Saturday on ABC on News Channel 9. He'll join us uh, again at 12.30 to preview this matchup. Uh, not a Cuse grad. No. But the guy he's working with Sean McDonough. Sean McDonough. Yes. yes, they're everywhere, as we as we established uh, yesterday. And then after that, you know, we want to hear from you. Phone lines will be open the rest of the way as we talk uh, Syracuse Clemson, and we continue to get a, a different headline each day. And as Tommy just pointed out in his update, the headline today is that Kelly Bryant is transferring, and you can't really blame him. He's going to take advantage of this new rule that the NCAA adopted, where you know guys can play four games. And then preserve a redshirt year. Now, normally you do it with freshmen. True freshmen would play four games and then preserve that year and have four years of eligibility remaining. Kelly Bryan has only played four games this year. Clemson's 4-0. If he sits the rest of the way, he could transfer. He would have one year of eligibility remaining. And that's what he's decided to do. And he'll be a grad transfer. So he plays right away. And, and I think that's the important thing to note here. If you are a sophomore and you do this and you haven't graduated... You forfeit this year, right? Because you're going to redshirt, but then you still have to sit out next year. Well, you would uh, have to sit out the first four next year, right? You just, I believe, you, you just have to, have to sit out you, a calendar year. Okay, I so think you, so. He would be, you know, but, theoretically but eligible so, to come back after the first month. But even so, this is made easier by right. him being a yes, grad transfer. Correct. When you talk about it with Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts can graduate at the end of this semester and then show up on campus somewhere else and play right away. Uh, that's the kind of situation that makes this more like free agency. Um, and for lack of a better term, there's a trade deadline after four weeks, uh, right? I mean, that's what Kelly Bryant just did. Kelly Bryant just said, well, I played four weeks here. I lost my starting job. I don't really feel like being a, a package slash gimmicky kind of slash change of play- pace quarterback. Uh, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go play somewhere else. And you know what? I can do it next year. I-, I can show up somewhere next year, and someone will gladly take my 16-2 and two over 18 games, and someone will gladly take my national championship game appearance, and we'll move on, and we'll go. Because clearly he's good enough, right? Clearly he's good enough to get you there. Um, and, you know, maybe this move was made with Alabama in mind. I would imagine that it was. Putting Trevor Lawrence in to, to change up this offense and, and give Alabama a different look when that game rolls around because – Let's face it, it's inevitable. That game is going to roll around, whether in a semifinal or a final. That's what this move was made for, and I think Kelly Bryant could see that writing on the wall. So why why stick around and wait? 
I tell you what, I give Donald Sweeney a ton of credit for making this move now because he's not dumb. He knows the world. Like, I said this to you before the show, and I'll say it on the air because I stand by this. Can you see Nick Saban doing this? No. Benching a guy after the fourth game rather than the fifth game? If Dabo had just gone along as business as usual and said, you know what, we'll throw Kelly Bryan out there to, to start game five and then we'll make the change. And then he he's got to play out right. his last year. I mean, it's it's his last year of eligibility. He has no options. He can't go transfer somewhere else. I mean, he could, but he wouldn't be able to play. I mean, this this year of eligibility would be used up. So then he's got him there in case Trevor Lawrence gets hurt or if he's ineffective or whatever the case may be. If they ever need to pull him out again, you know, late in the year in a key spot, they would have him. But he benched him after the fourth game. And apparently, again, if you, you read the reports today, Dabo you know, sat down with, well, Dabo said yesterday, he sat down with Kelly Bryant over the weekend, but again, according to the reports, Dabo you know, mentioned the transfer thing with him, and they, they discussed it. And then he gave him Monday off, told him, don't come to practice, clear your head, and then Tuesday he just didn't show up, and then the ball got rolling, and the speculation was fueled that, hey, maybe he's going to leave. And then sure enough, today he informs the Greenville News uh, that he's leaving, and it, it didn't sound so cordial on his part. He said he felt like it was a slap in the face. He did everything they asked him to do. He went 16-2. and two. It's not like he's played poorly. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence has been good. But Kelly Bryant took it as a slap in the face, and now he's going to go elsewhere. But I do give Dabo some credit for, for making this move now, opposed to waiting one more week, You know, knowing all along, well, I'm going to make this move eventually, but I want, to, I want him to be here selfishly, so I'm not going to do what's best for the kid. I'm going to do what's best for Clemson. I give Dabo credit. I think you have to. Right, I think you have to give him credit in some regard for that because a similar thing is happening at Alabama, and it was painfully obvious that Tua Tagovailoa was the better quarterback than than Jalen Hurts. It was painfully obvious from the minute that Tua stepped on the field in the in the national championship game last year, he was the better quarterback. And the fact that they went into this year with that kind of quarterback that uh, competition kind of a thing. And played it off as if, like, hey, Jalen's still the starter, and and then he was, and then he wasn't because he wasn't as good as Tua, which everybody in the world knew. We still don't have a real resolution on that, right? Because Jalen Hurts has played in the first four games, and he might still play this week. And it's up to him if he wants to withdraw and say, hey, I'm I'm done here. Like, let me go. I've got two years of eligibility. If I start sitting out now, I've got two years of eligibility, and I can play right away. Let me out of here. But we haven't gotten the hard, fast answer from Nick Saban yet, right? We haven't gotten that hard answer of two is our guy, two is our starter, two is our quarterback. He's going to play every game because you don't even have to say why. You just said because dot dot dot. We know the answer because he doesn't want he doesn't want him to leave. He wants him there. He likes to have options, right? You know, Brent Axe said on our our television version of Orange Nation last night, we brought up the quarterback situation, and he said it's a first world problem, right? To have these two guys. Oh, who do we start? You know, Kelly Bryan or Trevor Lawrence? You know, I mean, it's you love to have options if you're a coach, and it's the game of football. Guys get hurt all the time. You want that insurance policy. Nick Saban wants that insurance policy. I give Dobbs a ton of credit for saying, you know what, I want what's best for the kid. He's not our starting quarterback anymore. Trevor Lawrence is better. And he said, you know, he he talked yesterday at his press conference, and you could tell that, you know, Dabo was kind of torn up over this. Like, he, you know, he, he talks about how he loves the kid, and, you know, he's been in the program for four years, and, you know, his job at the end of the day is to evaluate and, and to do what is right for the football team. And he said, that's all this is. I am doing what's right for the football team starting Trevor Lawrence, and, oh, by the way, in the process, I believe he's doing what's right for Kelly Bryant and telling him after Game 4 rather than telling him after Game 5. 
Right. I mean, Dabo said, I'm going to do what's best for him. And, and in this scenario, Nick Saban is saying, I'm going to do what's best for me. And it, you know what? It's it's two different ways of looking at it. And that's totally fine. If, if that's how you want to look at this pro, this thing, then go for it. I mean, have, have at it. Have fun. If that's the approach you want to take, I... Uh, I commend Dabo Sweeney for the way he approached this. So let's bring it back now to to this game on Saturday. Uh, Does this decision by Kelly Bryant to transfer, does it impact this game at all? And and I I think it could impact it in in two ways potentially. Number one, it could serve as a, a major distraction for the players. Number two, if Trevor Lawrence struggles in his first career start, you don't have that backup plan anymore. So do you see this being a big deal, or is Clemson still going to roll? I don't really see this being a big deal, because I see Trevor Lawrence as the guy who is so clearly better that I I don't know I don't know that it necessarily matters at this point, right? That, that Kelly Bryant, whether Kelly Bryant is or is not on the team, um, you look at Trevor Lawrence and, and what they've done the first four games, they've kind of split the reps and split the series. I don't think that that was going to be the plan anymore once he was named the starting quarterback. I think it was now going to be, all right, you're the starting quarterback. You're the starting quarterback, right? Like, go out there and just do what you do. And maybe there was a package here or there that they wanted to use Kelly Bryant for, but I don't think you were going to see a lot of Kelly Bryant on the field Saturday if he had stuck around. That's an interesting point because Dabo made it a point yesterday to say that they both were going to play. And he said, you know what, we split reps during, you know, fall camp and you know over the summer and going into the fall and and you know it's just he's going out there first this time but they're both going to play he made it sound like they were going to split duties you know relatively 50 50 now he might be saying that publicly and in this quote-unquote emotional talk he had with kelly bryan over the weekend my guess is he was honest with him and right. you know especially guess- if he's telling reporters that you know we talked about whether or not he wanted to transfer if that's the case then he he must have laid it out there and said listen look you my- know trevor lawrence is too good not to have out there my guess is that kelly bryant transferred knowing what was going to happen right kelly bryant knew what was going to happen saturday when he suited up for the game he knew that maybe he was going to play a couple of series. Maybe he was going to play in red zone situations. Maybe he was going to play in, in short yardage situations where you can really take advantage of his mobility. But he wasn't going to play a lot. And then you had to decide, is this how I want to serve out my senior year or do I want to preserve this year and go play somewhere else? All right, we're going to get Joe Gorcho's thoughts on this. He covers the team for WIS Television in Columbia, South Carolina. Will this be a distraction? I mean, he is a senior on that roster. He's got a lot of friends inside that locker room. Is the locker room torn at all with Kelly Bryant leaving? These are some things we can we can hear from Joe Gorcho about. We're going to take our first time out. Back with Joe after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth, back with you on a Wednesday edition of Orange Nation. We're brought to you in part by the Bill Rapp Superstore at the corner of Thompson and Burnett in Syracuse or online at BillRapp.com. This is my final show of the week, at least here in Syracuse. I'm uh, heading down to Clemson uh, tomorrow. Flight leaves around 11 o'clock. So you're flying solo tomorrow, Seth, and then... I'll certainly join you uh, on the show on Friday as we continue to uh, to preview Syracuse Clemson, and, and I'm with Todd Blackledge. I, I hope this is a close game. Like I, you know, the storylines are great, and and we were given an extra storyline today with Kelly Bryant deciding to transfer. The storylines are great across the board, and Syracuse being good again at four and zero, and you know they haven't been five and zero since the you know the undefeated team back in '87. Uh, there's so much to be excited about with SU football, and, and 
you know, I said this a couple of days ago on the show. I think regardless of the outcome, unless they win, but I think if they lose, even if they lose big or if it's a you know a close loss, I don't think it's going to change my perception. Like Syracuse football is better this year than it's it's been in a while. Uh, and I think they've got the potential to win, you know, whatever, seven, eight games, whatever the case may be, and and go to a bowl game. Uh, but I just I, I hope it's I hope it's a compelling game. I hope they don't show up on national TV and get stomped. I think that's uh, that's the hope. I, I think that's the hope at, at this point, right? And I, I know that last year when they played a game on national TV, uh, you know, notably in big national windows, the the LSU game, they they looked very respectable, and the Clemson game, obviously, they look good. they look good. They went and won that game. Um, this is. Uh, this is different. Uh, you're on ABC. You're not on ESPN. Uh, you know, as as many people as, who who watch ESPN look at the numbers each week. More people are watching the games that are on ABC. Um, you know, and and when's the last time they were on on ABC? Was it the Florida State game when they got stomped uh, uh, up up here? Uh, was it you know uh, a Clemson game where they got stomped down there? Uh, yeah, like it probably was. And, and so don't go make a fool of yourself. To your point, is, is come out and. Uh, look good, look like you have this whole season, and even if you don't win, uh, I don't think anybody's saying go down there and you have to win. Go down there and put out a, a representative uh, effort. This will be the third trip down to Death Valley uh, for Syracuse since joining the ACC. Uh, the combined score of the first two games, 70-6. to six. So, it, again, it's a chance to show, you know, we, we discussed oh, whether or not... I forgot that first game was 16-6. yes. Right. That was a weird. You were game. just sitting there doing some math in your head. That was impressive. No, and no, and I, well, what I was doing was wait. The the second one was, was fifty four to nothing. I was like, what happened in that first game? And then I was like, oh right, that was a that was when that was when Dabo didn't know Deshaun Watson was really good. <laughs> <laughs> that was like before he found out Deshaun Watson was great. Yeah, that was an odd game. Um, but in any event, I mean, 70-6, to six, and we discussed on the show whether or not this is a measuring stick game. I think it is to some degree. Now, you know, do you think Syracuse stacks up with Clemson? I think we all know that Clemson is better, obviously. Um, but it's a chance to see how much the gap has closed over the course of the last, you know, two to four years, right? Because they go every two years down to Clemson. The first one was 16-6. to six. Neither team played well that night. Uh, you know, the, the second trip was was obviously that, you know, that blowout 54 nothing, and Dungey got hurt. Now, all sorts of guys got hurt in that second meeting. It's a chance to see if the gap is closed. And, you know, if they somehow win this game, it changes the entire perception of the rest of the season. If they lose it, I don't think it changes the perception at all, at least not for me. No, I, I couldn't agree more. If if they somehow go down there and manage to win this game, uh, first off, they're probably in the top 15 when the poll comes out next the, week. They would be in the inside track to go to the ACC championship right. game because they would own the tiebreaker on Clemson. Right. So they would have like a game in hand to play with, essentially. Right. They could so, lose a game and still go to the ACC title so, game. So the point is... If you win, it drastically changes your outlook on the season. Yes. And if you lose, you say, well, it's Clemson, and they're the third best team in the country, probably the second best team in the country. So you lose to them on the road. Like, that's what happens when you go and play that team. So this is one of those games that is like, um, you know how I was talking about the Wagner game, and I was like, what's the point? There's nothing good that can come out of this game? This is kind of the the opposite, right? Uh, like this is a game with a whole bunch of upside, and the only thing bad that could possibly happen in this game is somebody gets hurt. Yes, and that is that is the only downside that can possibly come out of this game. If you lose this game, 
40 to 6, then you lose it 40 to 6, right? And you look and you're like, well, that's Clemson, and they're really good. And they do this to people. Like, that's, that's what happens. So I, I don't think you worry about the outcome of this game. We're very much on the same page. I'm not sure everyone agrees with us. Uh, I'm not sure our listeners agree with us. We were told we were uh, Debbie Downers on the show yesterday. But we're completely on the same page. I, I don't think, other than injury, anything else can, you know, there, there's no, no negatives that are going to come out of this game, you know, that are going to stay with you. Because, you know, you, you win or lose, whatever, you move on. And then you've got Pitt next, North Carolina after that, and you know a chance to. I mean, you could very easily, not easily. I mean, Pitt's on the road, and again, there's nothing easy in college football, especially in the ACC. Uh, very realistic that this team could be six and one going into that NC State game. Think about that for a second. It is realistic. It's not. It's not even just a, like a possibility. It is a distinct possibility that this team could be 6 and 1 going into the NC State game. There's a possibility they're 9 and 1 with that heading into that Notre Dame game. Isn't there? I mean that that's on the table. Yeah, that's, on that's, the table. A, that's a bit more aggressive, but yes. That's on the table. It's possible. It's there. It just it's again, th- this game, the only way that I think this loss hurts you as you just said, is if a key player or multiple key players go down with injury. I should I, I should I should almost amend. When I say someone gets hurt, I specifically mean the quarterback who's wearing number two. I, I know that other guys getting hurt could could ruin your season. Uh, it could could cause trouble on your with your season. That guy going down changes everything, and I, I think that's even the case with Tommy DeVito here and and looking good. Like I think Tommy DeVito's really good. I think Tommy DeVito is far better than uh, Zach Mahoney, than Austin Wilson, than anybody who's played quarterback coming in in uh, in in place of Eric Dungy. That being said, I still think Eric Dungy and what he brings the the like Todd Blackledge said, the moxie, the attitude, the the that. Like I, I think that matters. And I think that that would change your season should he go down, even though DeVito is incredibly talented. Let me say this. Um, my prediction at the beginning of the season was Syracuse will go 6-6 six and six and to a bowl game if Eric Dungy starts all 12 games. And I think that based on what we have seen from this team and the fact that they are 4-0, and I think we can now say that they're going... Six and six into a bowl game, even if Dungy doesn't stay healthy. Would you? Are you comfortable saying that? Because yes. you know, can can Devito beat you know North Carolina and Louisville? Sure, like I I think so. You yes. know, both those games are yeah, at but home. It, but it, it's no, no drastically it's, changes. No, I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm bringing up a different point. But it just occurred to me that you know that was my prediction from from the start was if he if he starts all 12 games, Syracuse will win six games and go to a bowl game. And you I don't think, think it's an if anymore. It's I don't think it's an win if. Six games. I, I don't. I don't think it's an if. So I agree with you that you you know Dungy is the the game changer on this team, and if he's not out there, it certainly impacts what their ceiling is. Um, but I think in terms of the basement, I think they, you know, if if the basement is six wins and into a bowl game, I think they're achieving that whether Dungy's out there or not. And again, not to take anything away from from Eric Dungy, I just think the team is that much better, and I think Devito is capable of winning two of the next eight games and I getting them to fair. a bowl game. Yeah, I, I think that's more than fair. I think that he he is capable uh, of going out there and winning certain games. Am I saying he would go? Uh, he, you know, the six and one heading into the North Carolina State game, like maybe not. Maybe, maybe if maybe if you had to play Tommy DeVito in place of Eric Dungy at Pitt, maybe that's not a game that you win. 
uh, maybe it's a game you win with Eric Dungy, right? Like, I think that's the difference between the two. I mean, Todd Blacklist brought it up, uh, you know, last segment about the ACC. Other than Clemson, it is wide open. I mean, could Syracuse by the end of this season, you know, be the second best team in the Atlantic Division? Like, is it? It's it's certainly plausible. There's what? nobody that blows you away. In the, I mean, I tend to think NC State is ahead of Syracuse right now, but it's plausible. Well, I was talking about this yesterday uh, in the office in regards to what bowl can Syracuse go to? Because outside of Clemson, this thing is wide open. And and where where in the world could Syracuse possibly finish? Right? What where could they finish in the ACC? And what does that do for bowl possibilities? Right? Yeah, like, it's like, exciting like to talk how, about. How high up the pecking order can they get? If they are the second best team in the Atlantic, what bowl game are you talking about when you consider that Clemson is going to go take a college football playoff spot? Yeah. Right? Like, and, and so now just use your imagination and think about what the other top bowl games and top, and you could find this stuff online, what the other top tie-ins for an ACC school are. And it's, it's, it, it's mind blowing to look at that and say, Syracuse hasn't gone to a bowl in five games and there's the potential that they're going to go to that one. And again, oh, some of that okay. goes off the table if they suffer serious injuries in this game, and you, you hope that, that that's not the case. So that is half the battle uh, going down to Clemson this Saturday to get out of that game relatively healthy. Uh, to the phone lines we go. Wayne in the truck next up on Orange Nation. Hey, Wayne. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. How are you? So I had a couple of thoughts. Uh, I think you guys are mostly right, but if we go down to Clemson and we lose by 40, I think it puts us right back in the position of we haven't proven anything against the first four other than they're horribly bad teams and we're not horribly bad. But it puts that question back in the mind. How good is this team? Now, if we keep it close or by some chance we win, they better start backing up the Brinks trucks because we, we keep Dino another year <laughs> or many more. And I also, I was reading on ESPN, as it stands right now, and I know that might change in the next couple of days, we're the 14th likeliest program to make it to the college playoffs, as it stands right now. That's, that's how they had it ranked. That's interesting. I see that, Wayne. I see that as an indictment on the ACC. I, I had a hard um, time understanding what he said, he said there. That, what was his last point? That, Syracuse is the 14th likeliest oh, I see. On, the, okay. on the ESPN rankings to make it to the college football playoff. I think that's an indictment on the ACC in that the the first what, what we've learned the first four years of this college football playoff is that the ACC champion is likely going to the playoff. Right? If if you're a if you're a one loss ACC champion, you're going to the playoff. Um, that's an indictment on the ACC in that it's so bad, and that Syracuse is potentially in that position that should they clean up they could find themselves in that position and, and get there, right? Like, in, in any other year, Louis, like, in any of the other previous four years, Louisville and Florida State are both ahead. This year, they're both terrible. They're both way behind you. You, you know, they're they're both behind you, and you have the possi- the potential to go clean up. You've already beaten Florida State. You should beat Louisville. You should rack up wins. That's, what, that's how I see that. And I understand what Wayne's saying about, you know, if they go down there and lose by 40, some questions are going to creep in your mind. Nobody wants to see them go down there and lose by 40. But the point is, at least the point I'm making, I think it's the point you're making, Seth, is that if you go and lose by 40, you could chalk it up to, well, Clemson is just that good. Right. It's a home game. They've got revenge on their minds. Like, all the storylines going into this one, they're just that good. They're the third-ranked team in the country, and you're not. And you look at the rest of the schedule and you say, well, Pitt, North Carolina, you know, Louisville, these are all extremely winnable games. And then Wake, NC State, BC, they feel like toss-up games. 
because the ACC is a little watered down this year, and everybody seems to be other than Clemson having you know a down year, or you know they they seem like they're mediocre. I don't think it changes the outlook of the season at all if Syracuse loses by 40 because we know they are good enough to compete with Pitt and North Carolina and Louisville and and the rest. It's not like they have a murderer's row like they did last year with that schedule with LSU and on the road at Miami and on the road at Florida State. And even though Florida State was down, they're still Florida State. It's it's very manageable, the schedule the rest of the way. So I understand what Wayne's saying. Nobody wants to see him lose by 40. But if they do lose by 40... I don't think it changes the outlook of the rest of the season. we got to take a timeout. Hour number one in the books. We'll kick off hour number two right after this. But first, here's Tommy with a Sports Center update.